We're going to give you the tools, but it's up to you to do these things, right? If you want to live a healthy life, and we talk about nutrition all the time and stuff like that, you're in here for an hour a day, you're out there for 23 hours. Without us, I can't control that. That's up to you. So we have to really let them know that and motivate them to do that and support them when they need it. But yeah, 100%, there has to be a commitment. There's no come in, you get fixed, and it's gone forever. There's a continuous movement is the key. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Ryan Vesey, co-founder and CEO of Matterhorn Fit. Ryan Vesey graduated from Cornell University in 2004 and went on to play 14 years professionally over 700 games across the NHL, AHL, KHL, and Europe. He is well known for his leadership, mental toughness, work ethic, and tireless drive to improve his game. Ryan had access to advanced healing techniques and some of the best rehab professionals in the world. After major back and hip surgery, Ryan started combining these advanced healing techniques with Sean Sullivan's training methodology, and the results were immediate. Ryan went on to play an additional five years of professional hockey, pain-free, as a result. Ryan co-founded Matterhorn Fit and its sub-brands Matterhorn Fit All Ivy Showcase and Matterhorn Mentors. The Matterhorn family of brands is intensely focused on human development. Matterhorn Fit was founded to provide all individuals with the same advanced wellness process that was so instrumental in his career and life. Matterhorn Fit has combined the world's best rehab techniques into a process that is applicable across all ages and fitness levels. Listen in for some great takeaways about Ryan's time as a professional hockey player and how he has taken a process that was a huge benefit to him and now he's bringing it to the entire sports community and the world. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the pleasure of being with Ryan Vesey, co-founder and CEO of Matterhorn Fit today. And as you all know, I love talking about business, and when I can mix in some hockey, why not? It's a great conversation. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking out the time. So listen, I know some background about you, but can you share with our audience a bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Long Island, New York. By trade, I was a hockey player. Grew up playing for the Long Island Gulls and went on, played at Cornell University for four years, 14-year professional hockey career that spanned uh, across the American Hockey League, the NHL, multiple leagues in Europe. And now I own Matterhorn Fit family of companies, which includes Matterhorn Fit, which is an advanced rehabilitation training centers down in Florida. We have Matterhorn Mentors, which is a mentorship platform for youth hockey players between the ages of 12 and 20, where we connect them with high level, highly regarded individuals to help them on their journey to life success, more importantly than just sport. And 
The third thing we do is an event business that has currently two events, the Matterhorn Fit All Ivy Showcase and the Matterhorn Fit All Ivy Futures, which are really geared towards influencing players and families to use hockey as a vehicle to get into the best school possible. So amazing. Yeah, all are centered around human development. That's kind of the common thread between all three of the companies. And we're having a lot of fun with all of them. What could be bad? I mean, it seems like hockey's been your life and your life passion, and you're able to work in that space every day. So it sounds amazing to me. So before we dive deep into what you're doing today, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about the fact that you mentioned you're from Strong Island. You played for the Long Island Gulls, which a lot of folks who listen to this show who have kids that play hockey, especially those on Long Island, if they're not playing there now, they probably played there at some point during their youth career. I have to ask, you won a national championship with them, right? With the Long Island Gulls. How was that? Yeah, that was one of the best experiences of my career. Anytime you get a chance to win a championship with a team and a group of players, it holds a special bond. But that year in particular, we were coached by John Tonelli, a famous Long Islander, and Rich Hansen, who played for the Islanders as well. And so we had two NHL coaches and it was like a mini NHL team that we had maybe 11 or 12 guys go D1 off of our Bantam team. And they ran it like a pro team. Like it was chasing down pucks in practice, like our lives depended on it. And we learned a ton that year. And that was the biggest part about it was they were such great coaches and they had such great discipline that we learned how to play the game in a way that really wasn't being played at that age, just with the way we moved the puck, the way we had a power play unit. We had power play practices. We didn't have jerseys and just show up at the rink. The coach controlled all the lines we were playing with each day. So it was literally like a mini NHL team, but we had a great group of guys and we obviously, we went on and won the national championship. And it was just a really good moment, I think, for Long Island hockey at the time, because it was kind of starting to become more of a hockey hotbed based on one or two years before my age group. And then followed up after my age group kind of continued. And now you see players coming out of Long Island very regularly, players going to the national program, going to division one, playing in the NHL. So we had a small piece in, in helping the trend. And most of it was from the Islanders and the 80 teams. And Sure. So was that team like a one and done? You were together for that one year or was that like the second year of being together that culminated in the national championship or or how'd that work? Yeah, so it was interesting because for me, I was the first year Bantam. At the time, you played mixed. You had played with a year older than you, and it wasn't just age specific. So me and maybe one or two other guys were on the team were 1982 birth years. The rest were 81s and late 1980 birth years. So that whole team ended up moving up to midgets, and then guys start going in different directions. But before that team was assembled, everyone knew John Tonelli was going to be coaching like way in advance. So there was guys playing B-hockey for a year to get out of their organization so that they can go to the Long Island Gulls. There's some (laughs) rules about that. And so I guess there was some recruiting behind the scenes. At my age, I didn't realize that at the time. But now when you look back, you realize that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It sounds similar to a few years later than you and a few years ago at this point. Sounds similar to what Pat LaFontaine did also with his Royals group. And we got a two-year commitment from the players, a little bit different at that time where you had the major and minor. So they were able to stick together. They got all the same age groups. And the first year they had some trials and tribulations. And then the second year they ended up going away, going all the way, national championship. And similar, a lot of those guys ended up going on to bigger and better things from there, which is great for hockey, great for those players and great for the sport and getting a bigger platform for people to see what it's all about. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, anytime Pat LaFontaine's involved in anything, I think people are try- very eager to get in front of them or be a part sure. of it. Same with John like Tonelli. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. guys, I mean, when you don't have 
coaches like that in abundance, it's great to have the opportunity to be coached by them. So, 100%. You've done something unique that a lot of hockey players don't get to say they do, right? A lot of hockey players, either their career ends at youth hockey and then they move on to men's league or beer leagues. Some have the opportunity to go play in college, whether it be D1 or club, and then their career comes to an end. And then there are even those that get to go play minor pro or even pro. And even when they get there, they don't have a long career, right? A lot of times very short but you had a very long career, 14 years, 700 plus games. What did those lessons of professional hockey teach you? I'm sure they're vast, so maybe you could just share a couple of them with us. Yeah, I think the first part is, I think why I had a successful career was I continued to improve consistently. I was never a guy who was the top guy. I got looked over for the national program, got looked over for world juniors and all that. And you could still make it. Imagine that, right? Day, right. <laughs> it's just about really the lesson for the younger people listening, I guess it would be to continue to get better. And that's the only focus you really should have and try to maximize your own potential. Everyone's got gifts in different ways, but people trail off because of many different reasons, distractions, love of the game, focus, injuries, and stuff like that. But my mindset was, I love the game, I love to play. And my focus was each and every year and off season and in season was to continue to get better. And I was able to do that. And that's kind of why my career continued. I played till 36, ran into some concussion problems at the end of my career, but everything I could have ever dreamed about as a kid. So the lessons from the game, yeah, I mean, just to touch on the lessons that I learned it's all about your focus, your mindset, how you prepare, how you visualize, how you see yourself, how you get out of negative thoughts in your head when things aren't going correctly, and how that all those skills and experiences translate to outside of the game. And this is a big thing we preach at Matterhorn and at the All Ivy Showcase and through the Matterhorn mentors. It's the game's going to end for you at some point, right? Maybe like you said, after college or after pro career or maybe all roads lead to beer league. Yeah. (laughs) No matter where you are, it all ends up there. 99.9% of the people, they're going to have to work after, right? And they're going to have to have a career outside of their identity, which for a lot of people is only hockey, right? And so really the key, I think, to doing and being successful in that is basically taking those lessons and translating them to how you live, how you prepare for your job, how you become successful in whatever aspect of life that is. And so that's what I've taken with me and it's worked. So I feel very fortunate the game taught me these lessons. Amazing. So I think that's a great segue into Matterhorn Fit, right? Because it seems like you've taken a lot of these values that you had and lessons as far as discipline and hard work. And now you're taking these things and bringing it to your entrepreneurial venture, which is Matterhorn Fit. So first, can you share with us what is, I know that you have this Matterhorn fit process. Can you share with us what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So we look at everything from a neurological level. So different than normal physical therapy or other types of rehabilitation, we look specifically for how the brain communicates with the muscles. So those muscles can contract and absorb the force of movement. And if that's not happening in the right way at the right time, every time that force ends up going somewhere else. And usually when it goes into a place that is too much force for that part of the body to handle, the brain feels threatened and keeps a pain signal in there. And so you end up moving with this compensation and you get stuck in these chronic pain, neurological pain loops. And so what we do is figure out if that's going on, if you have any part of the body not communicating with the brain as it should, that has been shut down as a function of the brain, maybe trying to protect itself. And we recommunicate that 
through a series of process to retrain that pattern and get the right parts of the body absorbing forces they should. And so when you do that, the pain goes away, you increase range of motion right away, you increase your power and strength output because things are working in harmony versus working against himself and being in a guarded state. And so we've been able to successfully treat over 94% of the people who come through our door with chronic conditions, which is far beyond anything in the industry in terms of results. And so right now we're in the process of really scaling that process to not only our own facilities, but we've been approached by other facilities and major organizations to reduce their costs by keeping people healthy. And so this process more or less was something that allowed you to extend your career, right? So can you maybe give us like a real life example? What was the pain point, no pun intended, for you that this was able to resolve and how did you go about doing that? Yeah, so this process came to fruition in uh, 2013. I had back surgery, 2010, end of 2011, I had hip surgery. They were six months almost apart from each other. And I thought I was going to retire at that point. And I started combining these techniques from these practitioners that I met in multiple different countries and put it into one cohesive process with now my partner, Sean Sullivan, who is strength coach for professional athletes. And we just put it together for me. It wasn't for really a business. And we unlocked all my neurological compensation to give you an idea of where my breakdown was. It was in my left shin. I had back problems. I did so much core, so much rehabilitation, everything that you would characterize for standard back rehab and with limited results. And when I fix my shin, I can move again with in three days. And it was one of these miraculous moments for me that sent me on this journey down this path of neurological rehabilitation, brain-based medicine, and stuff like that. And now we take our process that we've developed, we fine-tuned it over the years. And the day I retired in 2018, me and Sean Sullivan, my partner, got together and we said, let's see if this could work for not only other athletes, but active seniors in Florida. And so that's how we started. We started with six active seniors from the community where I live. They all had chronic problems. We fixed all six in under two weeks. And We've seen over 1,400 people now with great results. So so you had this back pain. Did you actually have any pain in your shin? Was there no, anything yeah, there? There no. was no evidence indicating right. that that's that, where it came, was coming from. And that's why it's so different than traditional forms of therapy is because you go through traditional forms of therapy and you have the set protocols, which are generally based on the insurance reimbursements, right? And so if you have a shoulder injury, you're doing the standard shoulder exercise, but in one case, your shoulder injury may be coming from your lat or your low back or your pec or something out of whack, somewhere unrelated, directly related in the direct location of the pain. And so what we do is identify where that is and we treat that area. And when we do that, everything else falls back into place. And then we build a personalized movement plan to get the brain to understand how to create those same contractions on its own in the right patterns. And that's where the training comes in. And that level of training in terms of intensity is different for everyone, just based on where you're at. Obviously, for a pro athlete or aspiring athlete, it's uh, much more intense. For an active senior, it's very gentle and simple movements, but just doing them in the right order of operations. So, Right. Are you actually getting rid of that pain point, so to speak, within the back or wherever the pain is coming from? Or are you kind of playing a mind trick on your brain to not really pay attention to the pain? Like, is it there, but you're kind of focused away from that? So no, and the big thing to understand is pain comes from the brain. And so the signal of pain is a signal when your brain feels threatened in a certain area of the body and sends pain signal there to protect you. Same way as if you step on a tack, tack goes in your foot, 
It's not the tech going through your foot that hurts. It's your brain sensing a threat to the system and sending the pain signal to that spot to get you to stop doing whatever you're doing. And so the pain does go away and it doesn't return as we continue to retrain the pattern and get the brain to understand how to fire in in the correct way. Amazing. Amazing. So one of the things I want to talk about, because we talk about fitness, we're talking about athletes, especially young athletes. I know you're very passionate about. Are there a couple or what is the biggest mistake that young athletes make with regard to their physical fitness? I think getting a very competent and good trainer at an early age, not only helped the development process, but for those who end up going on to higher levels of junior hockey or higher levels of collegiate sports, it can really help with the injury prevention because they have balance within their body and the correct muscles working correctly. So I think a lot of kids get caught up in trying to look big or trying to, you know, go to the gym and do bench press because they want to put on weight, but really they're completely out of balance. And what we've seen, and I'm sure you've seen with your kids and other people is that can lead injuries and groin pulls. And people are like, why is that happening? Well, it's because- Additive motions over and over and over and over again are not necessarily ideal, right? Yep. And when we talk about to that point, just like taking some time off and getting out of your sport is very, very important. And people are always continuously chasing. They're in the rat race of trying to keep up with everyone else. If this person's doing this event and this person's doing this, everyone kind of falls along with that. But it's very hard. But it's important to have that discipline and just make sure that the parents and people understand that you need to get away from that sport. You need to have your hips moving in a straight line, not moving out on 45 degree angles all the time. You need to get your ankles out of skates. You need to have ankle mobility back because that's going to help everything. And that's some of the first things we do. We get the guys out of skates and we get them kind of fixed essentially from all the damage that has been done from the course of a season. But those are the strength and conditioning, I think, kind of mistakes that people generally make and thinking that they have to skate a lot in the off season. Yeah, I could share a personal example. My younger son was doing a lot of bench pressing and he was pretty excited about how much he was able to do and working out the arms. And he went to see his trainer this summer when he returned from school and he was a lot bigger than he was when he left for school. And the trainer said, listen, you don't have to worry about the size now. Now you have to worry about the reps because he happens to be a great stick handler. He has unbelievable hands. And he's like, if your arms get too big, you're going to probably end up in a position where you're going to lose some of that mobility and the silkiness in the hands because you're just not going to be able to maneuver because your arms and chest are so big. So it was a little eye opening for him. And he's like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But the guys at school where he's at, they're very competitive. He's in a highly competitive environment. They want to see who could do the weight and this and that. And to your point, that doesn't necessarily equate to being the smart thing to do. Right, right. right, Yeah. And every player is different, right? Like you're saying, maybe someone needs more than other players based on their size or their style of play and things like that. But everyone needs to be able to move efficiently. Everyone needs to be pop and explosiveness in their stride and and in their game. So I think your trainer's right, probably from what you're saying about your son. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned it earlier. So you started out this process. You started working with some seniors, testing it out. Is that really how you got really ingrained in that community with the senior citizens? Yeah. Yeah. We're in Florida. It's an older population down here. You definitely have a dearth of those to work with, right? You know, we live in an active area for older adults. And so they play their pickleball, their golf, their tennis. They want to stay active. They move down here into these communities to do things like that and to age as healthily as possible. So for us, 
knowing that our process could be translated across any age and any category is really important, not only for our own growth, but just for being able to help as many people as possible. And so everyone thinks because we do the All Ivy Showcase, we are hockey players. We're a very big hockey gym and hockey is a small percentage of our total business. The majority of our clients are between 60 and 80 years old. And they're usually here from October 15th through May 1st. That's kind of the <laughs> snowbirds. And it's kind of funny. That's when all the athletes come back around April, May. And it kind of transitions to more of a athlete-focused gym in the off-season. So it's pretty interesting. But So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, was that by design or it just kind of happened that way that it kind of fell into that kind of pattern? Because it yeah. sounds like it worked out perfectly. Yeah, it works out well down here. We're certainly busier than most people in the off-season down here. But as the seasons go on and now more people are staying in Florida year round now. It's the area is continuing to grow at a very fast rate since COVID. So we're getting more of those active senior residents full time now. So but for sure, it worked out in the early years of Matterhorn. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. What's better than to take somebody who is a senior in that age range that ultimately wants to remain active, understands the importance of remaining active, and a lot of times they have some kind of ailment or pain that kind of keeps them from doing that. And if that could be corrected and get them back, I'm sure it's like a life-changing experience for those people. Yeah, and the biggest thing is how fast we do it. Two weeks is our average time for reducing and eliminating pain. And so people don't want to wait, right? <laughs> they don't want to go to eight weeks, 12 weeks of physical therapy. That's why see people what happens, go get epidurals, right? Because right? Right. Right. So they want to get rid of the pain right away. Right away. So that's been one of the things that has drawn a lot of people to our process. Yeah, that's great. So I was hoping you could share maybe outside of you, which is quite a success story. What is your most rewarding success story from those that Matterhorn has helped? Is there one that really stands out? Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of quote unquote, people say miracles, right? But they happen regularly in their facility. And so it's hard to pick out one. We had someone probably a month and a half ago, couldn't walk, tried everything. She was dragging her feet as she walked. Literally after the first treatment, she walked across the room and started crying. And so that was pretty cool. Her husband was hugging her and that was an awesome moment. The biggest part of our rehab, aside from actually fixing people, is the mental side and challenges that these people are going through with living with pain. And so part of our job is to really prove results very quickly. So that gets them to start to have hope again and believe that they can be fixed, which fuels more compliance. And then they want to do more, which fuels more results and then fuels more belief and then more compliance commitment. So once we get them kind of on that wheel, and it's very important how we train our staff to make sure that we have that positivity and being able to clearly explain our process so that the second they come in, they understand that, hey, these people know what they're doing. This is different. I have a chance here to get better. And then the results from the process then kind of reinforces that. But so, yeah, that was just one story that happened more recently where someone was emotional about kind of the result. Yeah. And I think one thing that we should make clear, because I'm not sure that it was so crystal clear before, but now it is to me, especially hearing what you just said, right? It's not like these people to Matterhorn fit, and it's not like you do some magical thing that gets them right. It's a process because there is some things that they, as the person who's suffering, that they're going to have to do. It's not like they come there, you do something, they walk out, and in a couple of weeks, they feel better. There's going to be things that they're going to need to 
do up front and on a continuing and ongoing basis in order to keep that pain away, right? Yes, absolutely. And this is what we, you know, they have to meet us halfway, right? We're going to give you the tools, but it's up to you to do these things, right? If you want to live a healthy life and we talk about nutrition all the time and stuff like that, you're in here for an hour a day, you're out there for 23 hours without us. I can't control that. That's up to you. So we have to really let them know that and motivate them to do that and support them when they need it. But yeah, 100%, there has to be a commitment. There's no come in, you get fixed and it's gone forever. (laughs) There's a continuous movement is the key. Yeah, it's not a surgery like on your knee where there's a definite thing that just needs to be repaired and you walk out. There's got to be some buy-in and some effort from now and then into the future to keep that at bay, I guess. So I read that you were an entrepreneur well before Matterhorn Fit, even early on in your hockey career, that while playing at Cornell, that you and your roommate co-founded a clothing company. Can you talk a little bit about that? My roommate was Ben Wallace, not the basketball player, different Ben Wallace. When we were in school, everybody was wearing their collars up. That was like a big thing back in 2003 (laughs) and four. And we thought they looked so ridiculous how big everyone's collars were. They're flopping all over the place. So we said, why hasn't anyone made a shirt that has half the size of a normal collar that's kind of made to be worn up and stays up? So we made these shirts called the Premier and Sam and Cobes Premier. And they had a half the size of a normal collar. The logo was on the outside and they had a different color inside the collar. And it was our flagship product really geared towards coming out with something different that was cool and and it hit. We had a full line of button-down sweaters, shirts, jackets, and we were in over 100 stores up and down the East Coast. We ended up selling to a private equity group 2010. When I signed in Russia, we knew we couldn't run the business anymore. And so... Are they around today? Can you still get those shirts? No, they are online. They ran into some big challenges during that 2009, 10, 11 financial crisis. We were in a lot of specialty boutiques. A lot of them went down. They tried to make it... The idea behind acquisition was they tried to make it the preppy brand of the Midwest. They didn't really have anything in the Midwest that identified with the Midwestern, Northern suburb of Chicago culture. But I think they ran into some challenges and it didn't do much after that. So You'd rather be lucky than good. You got out just in time, it sounds like. Yeah, it was total lucky. And it was more of a function of me signing a contract in Russia than actually any foresight on our part. It's all meant to be, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all meant to be. So, I mean, it seems like you have this entrepreneurial bug and you have the hockey, which is self-driven, obviously. You had this clothing company, now Matterhorn Fit. Where does that entrepreneurial bug for you come from? Do you know? Yeah, my dad was an entrepreneur. He started a staffing service company in 1985 out of our basement. When he sold it, they were operating in 13 states in London. He started a second one, which was one of the first ones on the internet at the time. And that got acquired also a couple twice. So he's been in that field and was an entrepreneur and always saw him kind of doing it as we were growing up. And he always motivated us to try to do our own thing and that there was nothing as rewarding as building something yourself and doing it yourself. So I have it now. <laughs> for better or for worse. It's a blessing and a curse sometimes, yeah. but hopefully it's more of a blessing than a curse, That's right? right? Oh, I'm enjoying it and it's exciting. It's exciting. And after being in it now, and probably you feel the same maybe with your line of work, to have control over your own destiny is something that I always wanted and didn't want to just be in an organization that I didn't have that full control over. So yeah, I listen, I have people that talk to me all the time and they're like, there's so much risk at being an entrepreneur, right? And I'm like, well, I said, you know what? I don't think there's any more risk in being 
an entrepreneur versus being an employee or stakeholder at another organization. It's just a different type of risk, right? We have risks. We want to help employ people, build something, create value for the world. And as an employee, you have the risk that what if there's a bad economy or something else outside your forces that that company could separate from service. So I don't think it's any more or less risk. I think it's just a different type of risk. And I enjoy this type of risk versus the other type of risk, right? 100%. I couldn't agree more, but yeah. So I wanted to talk about, this is the Midland Money Mindset. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about why do you think that mindset is so critical to success? And then I want to talk to you about the mentorship program that you've created as well. But why do you think mindset's so important? It's everything. I actually really believe that it is everything, how you perceive the world around you, the stresses, the obstacles, the good stuff, the bad stuff. At the end of the day, in my mind, it's all about perception. And when things are going poorly, if you're one that perceives things that the world is ending and you get caught up in the negative train of thought, it becomes very distracting and you lose focus and you lose the ability to actually do the things you need to do and get you out of that rut or to manage your employees or to do other things. So for me, it is the most important thing. And those are the lessons we learned again from hockey. And the cool part about hockey, which is different than if you are an employee in a company, in hockey, you get direct feedback from the game. So when you are mentally preparing yourself, when you're visualizing success, when you are reinforcing good habits in your mind, when you have positive affirmations and self-talk, there's a direct result on ice. And so when you learn the power of that, then it becomes very easy to translate that to your life because you know it works and you've had that experience to you. When you're in an organization, sometimes you don't have the autonomy to get that feedback because maybe the organization is a bit very big organization and you're not getting that same feedback from the game. And so once you have that and you understand that, then it kind of all came into clarity just what in terms of how powerful the mind is, the perception, how you handle things, how you overcome things. What are three things that you've used over your career, whether hockey or business, that you've used to help keep your mindset right? Yeah. One is visualization. And so really there's daily visualization, which is stuff that you do to go through a task in your head and create the positive outcome in your head of what you want to do. And then there's visualization for your future, right? Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to get to? And I think it's really important to have both and not just look at the now, but really where are you going and where do you want to get to and where do you see yourself and kind of reinforce those thoughts in your head to really affirm in your own heart and brain what you're doing, where you're going and how you can get there and why you're valuable and why you are successful and why you deserve to do the things that you're doing. So the visualization, the self-affirmation, but I talked about in hockey, I used to write down what made me a great player. So that always put me in a really good mindset for confidence. And in business and in hockey and in everything, having that confidence and belief in yourself is extremely, extremely important. It creates a different aura around you when you go into meetings or when you go onto the ice and do things. So you write down your skill sets, what makes you a great entrepreneur or a businessman or a hockey player, and you read them. It's simple. It sounds corny, but it works. And it worked for me. I know it's worked for many, many other people. We coach our clients, even business people on this strategies, as well as the hockey players. So I think those two would be kind of the biggest thing. And then when things go bad, just making sure that you understand that they're only going negative because your perception of how negative this is. Who knows what's coming around the corner tomorrow? Who knows if this is a blessing in disguise? 
right? You really don't know. And it's really important to be grateful with everything when you do have those challenges to say, listen, I'm doing this for a living. I have my health. I have my family. Whatever it is, you find that way to be grateful. And that's how my mind has always worked. I've always been very positive. And so I try to really find ways to make a bad situation good. And that's how you get out of it as quick as possible. Yeah, I think those are great points. And it's very clear to me now, and I think to our listeners as well, why you felt that having the Matterhorn Mentor Program was important, right? For a lot of these reasons. And we talk about mentors on this show quite often. Most important, I think that to find somebody that is where you want to be or has done what you want to do, to learn from them is invaluable. And I think one of the benefits may or may not tie into your program, but I've talked about it now is with the advent of the internet and online and Google, it's almost easier today than it was when I was a kid in terms of getting a mentor because you don't necessarily have to meet that person face to face. You could follow them and follow their talkings and what they talk about and how they handle things. But tell us, how is your program going to work with players and people that are looking for mentors? Yeah, so this really came from the All Ivy Showcase. I have parents always calling me and asking me to architect their kids' kind of future for them on a five-minute phone call. We would do it for our guys. We mentor our guys in our facility, but really what I felt was missing was that perspective and guidance from people who have actually been there and gone through it. And so me and my team, we put together, right now we're starting with over 65, very high quality, first and foremost individuals, people who have highly regarded by their peers, coaches and everyone that they play with. People who have played at the highest levels, whether that be go to great schools, Ivy League schools and play in the NHL. We have Olympians on there. And the way it works is a player goes onto the platform, can select who they want to be their mentor and they select them. They pay a fee for a yearly fee to have access to this person. And that person is their now mentor. And they communicate on the platform about not only their play and skill development and things of that nature, but everything to help guide these kids as they're maturing to become successful individuals, not necessarily only about hockey. Life skills. Life skills. And the platform is geared around hockey where all these mentors are submitting content about skill development on the platform so that a person can learn not only from their mentor, but they have access to all the other mentors on the platform's thought process, visualization techniques, how they handle slumps, how they score goals, how they play defense, all these skill development topics, which is pretty powerful that we can leverage the minds and skill sets of all these people and give individual player access to that. And so the idea is they have a deep one-on-one relationship with one person, but they get all of that skill development tools and all that from everyone on the platform. We do strength and conditioning on there. So we're going to have age-appropriate strength and conditioning on there to give these kids a really good uh, basis for starting a really solid program. We have a mental skills coach on there to give those techniques for handling stress how they do something. She's also available to talk with individually outside of the mentorship to support people who may be going through stuff. And so we feel like we have a really powerful platform. We just launched it. So it's been received very, very well out of the gates. So we're excited about it. And we think there's opportunity to grow into other sports as well. So yeah, it sounds great. And I think it's well needed. And even that the mental part of the game so important and being able to have young athletes feel comfortable about coming out and saying, I'm strong struggling or need help is vitally important, not only today, but for the future of the sport, for the future of the world. I mean, we need more people feeling comfortable about that. So I applaud you and Matterhorn Fit for opening up that conversation, something I talk about often. And it's been a great pleasure having you on the show, Ryan. And we end every show, as I said earlier, this is the Midland Money Mindset by asking each of our guests the same question, which is, 
what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Same thing I do every day. I had a little workout. So I start my day with moving my body. And so I got up, had a great workout, and then did some visualization and then ready to start the day. So there you go. I thought that might be your answer. I thought you might have given us a little precursor before when we were talking, but sounds like a great way to start the day. We'll have all of your information in the show notes, but if people want to learn more about you, connect with you, learn more about Matterhorn Fit or any of your companies underneath it, what is the best and the easiest place for them to go to find that? Yep. So Matterhorn Fit is www.matterhorn, M-A-T-T-E-R-H-O-R-N-F-I-T.com. And Matterhorn Mentors is same thing, www.matterhornmentors.com. And so you can go to those sites. If you have pain, you can go or you're looking for high level training or anything in the health and wellness space. You can go to Matterhorn Fit. If you're looking for something for your youth hockey player, youth athlete, you can go to Matterhorn Mentors. And so those are the best ways to get us. We're on Instagram at Matterhorn Fit and on Facebook at Matterhorn Fit. So very easy. Yeah. Well, they'll have to take a look. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, Ryan. Thanks for joining us and make it a great day. Thanks so much. I want to thank Ryan Vesey for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Ryan's hockey career may have been cut short if it wasn't for the healing techniques he used to help him stay in the game. Now he's taking these methods and bringing them to everyone that can benefit. This is true entrepreneurship. Identify a problem and a solution to that problem that can help the masses. He is an inspiration to entrepreneurs and athletes everywhere. Ryan and Matterhorn Fit can be found across all social media platforms, and all the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.